Welcome to Entering Storybrooke, a Once Upon a Time podcast, where we rewatch and analyze the ABC show. Before we begin, our podcast artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy, and our theme song was created by Taylor Paisley French. Be aware, this podcast contains spoilers for the Once Upon a Time series. Welcome to Entering Storybrooke, a Once Upon a Time rewatch and analysis podcast. You're joined today by four muckraking, dirty journalists who have been cursed to believe that they're adult podcasters. I'm Robert. Joining me today, we have Fran. Hello. Darian. Hi, everybody. And Erica. Hey. <laughs> Ooh, there's four of us today. Yeah. We're back. Kind of. I'm still missing that means one. <laughs> the episode will be four hours long. <laughs> Except it can't be because someone has plans. <laughs> it's not me. Someone got free Broadway tickets, all right? <laughs> As you do. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, oh. what episode are we looking at today? Uh, glad you asked, Fran. <laughs> today we're looking at Season 1, Episode 11, Fruit of the Poisonous Tree, which came out January 29th, 2012. It was directed by Brian Spicer and written by Adam Horowitz, Edward Kitsis, and, and Ian Goldberg. Notably on this day, We Found Love is the top song, The Grey was top film at the box office. Uh, the 18th Screen Actors Guild Award is held in the U.S. city of Los Angeles with Gene Dujardin winning the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a leading role for his role in The Artist, and Viola Davis wins the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a leading role for her role in The Help. We love that Say her. it with me, everyone. Mm -hmm. You is smart, you is kind, and he was important. Viola Davis. Just Viola Davis, though. Mm -hmm. What a what a queen. What a legend. Mm -hmm. Ironically, is also going to be portraying a queen in her upcoming film. So, good stuff. Go watch. <laughs> and speaking of queens. Speaking of queens. <laughs> um, we've got right. a synopsis breakdown for this episode, which is very queenly. So, um. <laughs> all right. Let's see who's doing the sixty-second breakdown. Who will it be? Please not me. Not me. Not me. Not me. I don't remember a single thing in this episode. It's going to be me. Fuck. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> we have a winner, Robert. I, 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 I don't like this little like app or website I use because whoever it picks is like claps and cheers. And I'm like, shut up. Don't clap and cheer for me. <laughs> the claps and cheers are a lie. The claps and cheers are a lie. Okay, let's um, someone count me down. Go. Oh god, um what happens in this episode? I really remember what happens in the Enchanted Forest, which is the uh, the a nice king finds a genie and he's like, I'm gonna use my wish to set you free, and then I'm gonna use my next wish to give you my third wish. And the genie's like, uh uh fam, I'm not fucking with no wishes because uh wishes are bad, magic comes with a price. Um uh God, I can't remember a, a single goddamn thing. In the real world, uh Sydney Glass is trying to help Emma uh, expose Regina, even though it's all a giant false thing. It's all a part of Regina's plan, and it works because she manages to punish Emma to no longer see Henry, at least for a short time. And then uh, um, there's a reason I don't do these recaps, by the way, because I'm horrible at them. We Please tell me it's seconds. been 60 seconds. Um, um, meet me at our spot. Caught a vibe. <laughs> and done. 
No negative self-talk here, Robert. Yeah. I thought you did a great job. Not in this castle. I missed so much. So how about everyone, we start talking about the things I missed. It's so funny because the second you got chosen, Robert, I started adding things to the episode breakdown, thinking that you would go there and read it. And instead you went in totally, totally with no notes, which every time I've ever done it, I've gone in with notes. So you improved it. So be, be kind to yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got a legendary status there because you have gone Yay. unprompted and using your memory of yesterday. <sighs> yeah, no, I, I watched this episode last night and I remember <laughs> it's, it's a hazy thing. It's, it's a, whatever. I'll, I, let's talk about what I missed, which was like everything. <laughs> Did you mention a little that bit. the genie? Did Except I mention no. the most important part? Yeah, so the mirror. We know that we already know that Sydney is the mirror, right? We've hmm. we've been yes. given that much information, but now we find out that Sydney was also the genie. I guess at the start of this, we aren't one hundred percent sure whether or not this is a post or a pre mirror thing. But mm -hmm. we soon find out this is Sydney's prequel to becoming the mirror, or the mirror's prequel to becoming yeah. the mirror, since his name isn't Sydney uh, in the Enchanted Forest. Um, do you want to pick up Darian? You look like you're ready. Oh, um, I just, uh, uh, the thing I want to contribute is, like, this is the, I think, the first time, it's episode 11, so I'm going to confidently say, this is the first time we are introduced to the concept that these characters can represent more than one fairy tale mm. archetype trope. So we have this, oh, he's a genie, but we know he's Sydney Glass, and we know he's also the mirror. How does that happen? And that ends up becoming a big reoccurring theme throughout the show, mainly for one specific character. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, baby, like next week or two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, and it's an interesting yeah. one because the way in which the genie story is introduced is obviously very different to what we know from fairy tales and all these sort of mm -hmm. things. Like, I remember watching it and being like, wait, hold on, the mirror's a genie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's okay, Sh sure. Well, okay. And being slightly confused by the decision, but really kind of liking the direction it took of, like, this being a character whose comeuppance is their own power. And mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, power does corrupt. Yeah, um, we pretty much immediately, once uh, Giancarlo Esposito comes out of the lamp, says basically, all magic comes with a price. Mm -hmm. uh, paraphrased. I might have wrote the quote out somewhere, um, but <laughs> he says that he's, oh yeah, in his time as a genie, he's granted 1,001 wishes, a la 1,001 Arabian Nights, yep. and 1,001 times he has seen them go wrong, um, which is basically, all magic comes with a price. Theory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, Erica and I went two different routes with the three, uh, with the 1,001 wishes, because Erica's like, ooh, 1,001 uh, nights. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, uh, it, dividing that by three adding the two wishes that were just made that's 334 people <laughs> yay maths yay math no s we are not no. british here that's true i was pretty adamant that uh in any post we are using uh american english for yeah the i realize i don't think i have actually done that because i don't actually know most of the american vernacular english that's spelling <laughs> Sorry. And I'm speaking of educated. characters being multiple people being multiple things, we find out sort of the positive. We find out one of Regina's many, many backstories, mm -hmm. which is that she wasn't always evil. Maybe 
maybe she was inside, but she used to wear white instead of black. Oh. Um, <laughs> Symbolism. It, yeah. it turns out that the nice genie, that, well, it turns out that the nice king that the genie met is not only Snow White's dad, but also married to Regina. Mm-hmm. Regina is Snow White's stepmom, which is definitely awkward considering their ages. Yeah. I would say that's yeah. the first thing I thought of. Second thing I thought of was, is Regina the only person whose name is the same in the Enchanted Forest and in Storybrooke? And it would make sense because no. she made the curse, but it's the yeah. only one I could think of off the top of my head. Isn't... It's also because the name means queen in Latin, so I feel like she would keep it on purpose because her name means queen, and of course she's going to be a queen in the Enchanted Forest and in Storybrooke, even if it is only in name. So but, if she's like walking into a ballroom and she gets introduced as like Queen Regina, it's just like Moon Moon. It's like Queen Queen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> It'd be like yeah. Queen Luna uh, David's name is the same. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yes, because we but think it's James. Point, but we learned it's his name is actually David. Mm. And and Snow White is different, but she uses Mary Margaret as an alias at one point in time. Hmm. Dang. I do not remember that. <laughs> it That's an amazing later. memory bank. It's a hang-up I've had about the show. <laughs> I also... Did we learn that Regina's name is Regina? Or do, are they just still referring to her as the queen? I don't remember if anyone said the it. The king introduces her in this episode as my wife, Regina, which is when it oh, caught me off that. guard. Yeah. Yep, I missed that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in regards to the king as well, the introduction of him seemingly as a good person... You know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna free you with my wish, and then yeah. my other two wishes are for you. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. my other one wish, because he used a wish to give him the wish, so he technically only, yeah. only gave him one wish. But anyway, besides the point. But then introducing him later as, you know, the man who has married Regina and clearly isn't happy about it, and all these sort of things. It's um, I looked at okay, so I looked it up because I remember feeling odd about it the first time I watched the show, but I definitely mm-hmm. wanted to confirm that I was right in my justified feelings of this looks weird. The actor, just like probably the character, if not probably older, I think the character is meant to be a little bit older, but the actor playing King Leopold is two decades older than Lana Priya, who's playing Regina Mills. Um, and considering, I was, yeah. And considering her character also, like we find out later, is meant to be sort of 17, 18 years old when she meets the king, who is the same age as her dad, which is said in the text. Mm-hmm. Alarm bells! Alarm mm. bells on so many levels! I can't, though, for me, because it's set in this medieval Europe fairy tale land, and it's like, king's gonna marry this 18-year-old adjacent to nobility... Like, I can't project yeah. the same alarm bells that I would feel if I found out a 40-something-year-old was dating an 18-year-old. No. Be- and that's so I have a very different, like, I think there are other issues, <laughs> but that's one thing that I just, I can't get on board with that one. Yeah. But it's still fair. But I totally I understand. It's, it's still mm. fair that Regina yeah. is feels like she's trapped. Yes. And her father doesn't want this for her because not only is he older than her, that's not even really what's harped on in the episode. Mm-hmm. It's that he doesn't think highly of Regina and will never get over his first wife, Snow's mom. Yes. And I think she feels not only that she's battling for love and affection from this dead wife, but also from Snow herself, which is... Sorry, finish your thought. No, no, which is just, you know, obviously what leads to her jealousy of Snow. Yeah, except that's a lie. 
Except we, we, as in us four who have watched the whole series, know that that's a lie. She doesn't want the king to love her. She's not jealous of Snow White over that. Like, it's framed to make the episode present, like, those are the reasons why she's miserable, why she hates the king, why she's jealous of Snow. But we, as the audience, know that that's a lie later, which adds an interesting, I think, layer of context to Regina's actions in the episode. Because everything she done does in this episode is to manipulate the genie into murdering the king. Well, yeah, I don't think that she wants the king, I don't think that she wants a relationship with him, but I do think no. that it rubs her the wrong way to see that the object of his affection and the only thing that anyone cares about in the court is Snow, and that her beauty is constantly being compared to Snow's beauty within yeah. this place that she's supposed to live, and she has, like, become the dowdy mother figure, and Snow has become the beautiful ingenue. Mm-hmm. I do think it pits them against each other, like, in the early yeah. early settings. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just, I, we haven't got to the episode about, like, what Regina's actual deal is, but I think it's interesting where it's, like, because the, because the writers know, I think, we think we've discussed in the past, like, how much do you actually know what you're going for and what it, we made up later? But the writers know what Regina's actual deal is. And I think that's what makes watching this episode interesting because I don't believe anything Regina says. I don't believe she's actually trapped in the castle. I don't believe the king is actually even imprisoned or in her bedroom. I think it's shady that he reads her diary, but I think that maybe she just can't leave without the guards, but she's the queen. I think she's blowing it all out of proportion because she's manipulating the genie because he's been trapped for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She definitely plays up the whole being trapped thing, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Except for later seasons when it is confirmed that she is confined to the castle. The whole, like, her meeting Tinkerbell is that she's been left behind and isn't allowed to leave whilst the king and Snow have gone out on an adventure together. Why is that? There was no reasoning for it. It was just that she was left behind because he wanted to spend time with Snow, so she was left behind and made to kind of stay at the castle. That's different than being trapped at the castle, though. Like, the dad wants to take a trip with his daughter. She doesn't want to go anyway. I I suppose. I think it was more just, like, the fact that she wasn't allowed to go anywhere. Like, she had to stay at the castle when they Mm. were gone. Like, she couldn't go go anywhere herself. Like, she wasn't allowed to travel out, from what I remember. But that's very distant future. That was just so amazing. No, no, but, yeah, no, because, well, I'm talking about, like, well, we know things later. So I think that's valid to the conversation we're having (laughs) is, like, Regina's experience at the castle. I don't. I just don't believe anything Regina says in the Enchanted Forest in this episode. I don't believe anything she says in the other episode because we see the level of manipulation she's going on both terms. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Oh wait, no, hold on. It, no, I thought of a thing and then I just realized it actually gets fixed in the episode. So it doesn't matter. It's fine. Sorry, <laughs> focusing on this episode. <laughs> in case, and in case anyone forgot or has isn't watching along, just to clarify, mm. uh, Regina sort of. Uh, has a budding romance in this episode in the Enchanted Forest with the genie and uses all this language about being trapped and wanting to find love to essentially manipulate him into falling in love with her. Although he himself, you know, this is all he wants. So he was ripe for the taking. He has said Mm -hmm. all he wants is companionship and he's ready to find true love. Um, And then she uses him to murder the king. May or may not, or uses him to murder the king possibly or possibly not allowing like setting her free and giving her control over the kingdom and then she uh says he's going to set her she says she's going to set him free instead he uses his last wish to wish to forever be by her side which puts him into the mirror yeah Yeah. it's so funny i'm usually a huge fan of like be careful what you wish for which is why i like the show a lot of the show is be careful what you wish for Mm -hmm. but like 
the genie laid out the rules at the beginning to the king. He's like, you can't wish for life or death. You can't wish for love. You can't wish for more wishes. And later he's like, I'm going to make my wish and word it in such a way that like, it's supposed to imply like you'll fall in love with me forever. And I'm like, you're trying to break your own rules. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why you got trapped in the mirror. Maybe because like the magic's like, uh-uh, that's not you, you know, can't you can't do that. You can't break the rules. <laughs> mirror for you. Oh, the mirror meaning vanity. It was his own vanity and believing that he could yeah. convince her and force her to love yeah. him. So his own vanity mm-hmm. and his own belief of his own skill as a being to make mm-hmm. this woman fall in love with her against her will. It's a metaphor. You put it's the a... killing thing. No. All right. <laughs> well, at the beginning of the episode, when the genie's still in the lamp, we see him. He's like looking at his reflection in the mirror, and he like later gives Regina a gift of a mirror so you can see yourself the way I see you. And it's like he's trapped in this mirror. His only companion is literally his own face. And he wishes to gaze upon Regina always. So, all right, my dude, mirror for you. <laughs> she I said really she didn't like- want you around. Like, fine. I really like the idea that there is something inherently sinister or dark about Sydney slash the mirror slash the genie that makes mm-hmm. them such a perfect pair. Because yeah. also we can talk about what goes on in Storybrooke. We find out sort of there's a twist at the end of the Storybrooke plotline as well that Sydney has been working with Regina this entire time. And he mm-hmm. has the same sort of affection for her that he has in the Enchanted Forest. And I think that he, I want to, I like to head would like to headcanon that there's a part of him that recognizes that darkness within Regina, even as she's manipulating him, that draws him to her and that mm-hmm. makes them such a such an evil pair. Mm. Oh no, am I, I Sydney? Am I no. Sydney? Oh, no. <laughs> well, mm, may, may, maybe. Also because maybe. Giancarlo Esposito is so good at playing villains, like that's so oh. his nag. Oh, this episode yeah. had me convinced for a second that he was actually being good in the Enchanted Four in Storybrook, and then I was like, mm-hmm. ah, no, 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 he's evil. He's bad. He's bad to the bone. Yeah, he's yeah. literally the best villain in Breaking Bad because of how he acts. He acts very nice to people he has to, but he's a very, in the show, he's very monstrous for lack of a better word towards the people who he hates and mm-hmm. it's amazing um speaking of the storybook plot I-, I have a huge problem with like part of the main plot of the of the storybook plot so to try and do a little better from my recap earlier the main storybook plot is that sydney is trying to help is trying to help uh, emma to expose regina and the thing that they find after doing a little like snooping around is that a lot of money is being spent off the books in Regina's mm-hmm. name. And so they go to the town meeting and they're trying to out Regina and be like, she's spending money out of the city budget for things off the books. And they Regina's find, like, they find uh, blueprints for what looks like a giant house. Yeah. Okay. And that's basically what they're like. They're like, Regina's building a giant, uh, like her, like a summer house or something with money from the city off the grid. And then Regina hits them with a no you. Why does she have it on her PowerPoint, by the way? I where, think she was intending where, to bring it up in the meeting. Probably. Because it was a setup. Yeah, I guess. But it's, and it's just revealed that like, she, yeah, she did take the money. She did spend it off the books, but she's building a playground or like a playhouse mm-hmm. because earlier in the episode, she tore down the little like playground castle that Henry and Emma would hang out at. Uh, here's the thing. Um, you still spent city money off the books. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just because you're building a playground does not make it okay. 
You can't just do that unless Storybrooke's town charter says it's okay, which it might, but like, like that's not like, how town budgets work. Like my guy, that yeah. is my if I was at that meeting and I was like, yeah, I spent $50,000, some of which was your tax money, uh, building a playground, I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, that road, that, that doesn't need to be fixed. I don't have too, I don't have too much knowledge about municipal governments, but I do feel like whatever Regina had to go through or whoever she had to go through to get this approved, she probably is all of those people. She's mm. like the only person besides Emma who participates in local government so i feel like she was also the finance board she maybe was every you, single member of city council like you know what? actually yeah because it's not like we meet anyone like she has the city council meetings do we meet anyone else who sits at fran this is why fan fiction is better than the show because course, <laughs> because they actually have specific characters one is like regina's assistant who's like terrified of her who i think was like mrs potts she was meant to be like mrs potts from beauty and the beast oh, as her so assistant good. amazing but then they also have like specific people who are part of the council meeting they have like specific things of like um, i admit it obviously it's like emma and regina love story stuff but it's them yeah. trying to one-up each other in like a council meeting and even in the drama ones but like they have people from actual stories in these scenes so we get to know them and we understand how things work and it's always about regina and emma butting heads but Obviously. we get to know people and i love it whereas here how the fuck does this town work how does this work it's I think all regina it's all regina it would have made sense no if she's stressed i she's this woman needs a what are we are talking about she needs to go to gold and get some of his stash like please you already met in the woods <laughs> suspiciously like why gold I, i'm glad i'm glad we're carrying our headcanon that mr gold has the best pot this side of the eastern seaboard absolutely 100 uh i did not i was not present for that but i think that's so funny <laughs> i do think that regina and mr gold absolutely get high together in the back room of his shop mr gold and regina are like doing hookah together i would say <laughs> I 100% can believe that because there is also a fanfic Stop. that features that. No. Should we be podcasting about the fanfic instead of the show? Should Sometimes I feel uh, like yes. We should, but put it behind a paywall. You know I love a paywall. <laughs> uh, but hold on, I had a thought. Uh, the city council should have been uh, the evil League of Evil that Evil Queen originally got together in the Yes, in the woods. In the woods. It should have yeah, those <laughs> actors should have been just sitting there on the city council. Every villain yeah, is lemon. They? I don't know if they ever get revealed hag. or whatever, but like I, I just assume those people are living somewhere in Storybrooke, just like mm -hmm. no one gives a shit about them. Yeah. They're just yeah. like generic fairy tale baddies. Yeah. yeah. Which this is, so this is the thing, and also okay, I keep bringing up fanfics. Don't judge me, but in no, that's what you're fans... friend. That's your most endearing quality, and your actual <laughs> you. school is a published author. <laughs> Everyone read Echoes of the Past, available now to download on your favorite uh, e-reader. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> but there is, like, fanfics that have... So this is the one thing I don't get about how Storybrooke works, is that why does Regina have no allies? Because that is the one thing I don't understand. How does she not have any villains on her side who are wanting to get involved with her? Obviously, we have that some later on with, like, a few things, but it's her, like, undercover and stuff like that. Spoilers, blah, 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 blah. Where are her guards? Where are her guards? Because oh, they were God. on her side. It's really weird <laughs> I, to think that essentially. Her, yeah. 
sorry, sorry, Robert, please. No, no, no. Your thought. I don't know. I was cutting people off. It, it's really weird to think that essentially the whole town is just full of people who hate the evil queen, but that Regina just like wiped, like alter their memories so that they're all scared of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically that. In a way, yeah. it's kind of like the good place, right? Because everybody who's in the town is someone she kind of felt like she wanted to punish by putting into a place where they were trapped for all eternity and didn't actually have control mm-hmm. over their lives. The only person she wanted happiness for was herself and her future child. Yeah. yeah. So even though we think this is like a hunky-dory place, you know, Westview. Yeah. Westview. Westview. And it's... it's... <laughs> I still stand by that even though she had like everyone on her shit list, she had like three main people on her main shit list and that mm-hmm. was Snow White and Hansel and Gretel. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, hey, I could have done without this episode, I think. Yeah, it was a pretty nothing episode to be honest. I love this episode. Stop! <laughs> no, okay, here's the thing. I, 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 It's strange because I was watching it and I'm like, it's good. Like, I like the Genie Mirror stuff. I think the yeah. plot of like regina's evil plans we're watching simultaneously unfold in storybrook to get the genie to murder the king and frame him and or not in, in the enchanted forest and in storybrook destroy henry's favorite place use henry's uh being upset to get emma to go to sydney to try to frame regina to get emma to look like an idiot so regina can threaten to, to get a uh restraining order against order. her so she can't be around henry anymore so later on regina can use time with henry to manipulate emma Love that. The it's season is twenty-three. <laughs> yeah, the season is twenty-three episodes long, and I don't need to be. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. Please finish. I was, and I and I don't feel like the episode does anything to remind us that the evil queen is evil. That Regina hates Emma. That Emma will do things for Henry. That Regina controls the town. Like I don't think it does anything more for establishing what we already know. And so I keep in my head being like, this should only be 12 episodes long, so what do I cut? And this is one of them. Yeah. This is all true, and yet and yet, it isn't 12 episodes long. It is a network <laughs> television show. We are so used to 10 hour-long episodes on mm-hmm. HBO that we have been like, yep. and spoiled mostly by really great writing, right, for streaming mm-hmm. services. This is so, this is not their bag. This is this is a no. network TV show. They were doing as much as they could to keep it on air as long as possible because that was their main goal um, mm-hmm. to keep everyone employed, to keep them and everyone else making money. Um, this is all fair. And I I tend to prefer these episodes that give us backstory about the characters we already know about than the filler mm-hmm. episodes with like Hansel and Gretel or oh mm. it's uh, this person who we yeah. this random fairy tale character. Um, those kind of like one offs I don't like as much. I'd much prefer. Mm-hmm scintillating regina backstory and <laughs> this is all fair and, yes. political back and forth in storybrook yeah. but i to- i totally respect that opinion therian i get that it is a little bit not telling us something that we don't already know mm-hmm. no it's fair i'm just i i'm actively playing a game as we go through the series which as our podcast which is how do i make this better Absolutely. how do i make it a thing where i can say i like it and people are like wow yeah me too and not like really you watched all of the fairy tale soap opera so and, I'm like, I'm and i'm like it's perfect as it is it's high camp do not touch it <laughs> I, okay erica you say you think it is perfect as it is however i will reference the notes where you believe that the title of the episode should have been named differently i what do, do you think this? the episode should have been titled the crack in the mirror you're 100 uh, right <laughs> He does say it uh, at one point. Yeah. 
I must say, yeah, admittedly, the title of this episode makes no sense Mm, to the context of the story. They have, they have, I guess it's supposed to be symbolic of how, like, Regina's the forbidden fruit or whatever near Mm. the poisonous tree. It's supposed to be some bullshit like that. Yeah. It's going to be fully because they have the image, like, he meets her first outside, like, when she's stood in front of her apple tree. There's a Mm -hmm. scene where he's taking an apple from the tree to, like, cut a piece of. Like the tree is consistently there, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, so symbolic!" Let's call the episode after it. I'm like, "Yeah, no, it's but no, th- it, there is no reason for this. It's just a tree with hey, no Darian. significance." I think yeah. it's supposed to draw us in a little bit more to the biblical aspect of the narrative, and to get mm. us our minds working about Regina as uh, Regina as Satan and uh, Emma as savior. Um, oh, but, yeah. oh, you gotta love the Christian allegories. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, hey, Darian, uh, what yeah. apples were on the tree? Fake ones, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> hey! I actually couldn't see them. She was in front of the tree, and I'm like, there's her apple tree. And I could not actually visually make out the apples, but they were probably uh, Red Deliciouses, and she would insist they were Honey uh, Crisps. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, right. I, I, I do need to say, young Carlo Esposito really stole this episode. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, he's fabulous. That's part of why I enjoyed this episode, I think, because he's really doing 150, 150%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you, you can't show me a more villainous scene than... So, so Regina gives him a two-headed snake from his homeland that's, like, super-duper venomous. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between venomous and poisonous? Uh, if you eat it and it kills you, it's poisonous if it bites you and it kills you it's venomous okay so yeah it's a venomous snake thank yes. you <laughs> um okay um two-headed venomous snake and she's like kill my husband with this and we'll be together and he's like bet and so <laughs> he he unleashes the two-headed snake it bites the king and as the king's dying my man looks at him he's like yeah you know that guy you were looking for it's me i'm gonna pipe your wife later and then he dies. <laughs> Talk about wishes coming back to bite you. Yeah. <laughs> Erica's throwing her hands in the air victorious. Yeah, like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The fruit of the poisonous tree. Like, mm-hmm. it, it does make sense that, yeah. like, he, he thinks he's a nice guy by telling the king why Don't he's doing all. this. But he's still, yeah, he's still killing him. The king yeah. thinks he's a nice guy by setting the genie free, but he's still going to tell this guy to murder whoever's flirting with his wife. Like, yeah. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Hilarious. He even says that whole scene of him, like, I know I don't love her like like she wants me to. I know that I still love my wife my wife more because she's better, basically. But Mm -hmm. she's in love with someone else. Fucking kill him. Yeah, no, the You don't care about her and you're angry? (laughs) Like what the fuck? It's very it's very accurate. It's very accurate. And I just want to point out this is this is an insult, but it's also not meant to be an insult. But you can tell this was written by men. This episode, yeah, mm-hmm. like very openly. It's so like everything that is said in this episode, particularly in the fairy tale scenes. I'm like, this was men. Yeah. Men did At- this. Why Adam did Horowitz, they do this? Edward Kitsis, Ian Goldberg, men. Yeah, men. wait, who directed it? It was a man who directed it as well. Yeah, uh, sure. Brian Spicer. Yeah, so like, I think I think it was you, Erica, who mentioned like the hand on the knee situation. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. it's cool because like power move, but also you know the reason why they're doing that. Yeah, it's definitely my fan time moment for the episode at the very end 
when we're in back in Storybrooke, Regina puts her hand on Giancarlo Esposito's thigh and mm-hmm. they walk Bad eyes touch. and he stares at her lips for a while. We feel like maybe they'll kiss. They don't. But it definitely feels like Regina exercising her sexual womanly power over him, which mm-hmm. is super open to interpretation. I felt mm-hmm. like on one hand, it's a sleigh. On the other mm-hmm. hand, it's difficult to demonize women's sexuality and act like that is an evil, sinister thing to do. Obviously, we've been mm-hmm. doing it since the dawn of time with female monsters, blah, blah, blah. Our listeners probably get that already. But it's a mm-hmm. tough moment. Mm. yeah oh and before we forget i feel like we should mention it because it is a minor part of the episode but it it's it's being built along as the series keeps as this season keeps going um david and mary margaret are like secretly dating yeah that's the thing that's happening the actors started dating in real life right yes yeah yeah, i I wrote this down i wrote this down can i share this information please please. (laughs) i did like a full research thing because i was like i know this is happening so they started filming once upon a time in probably around 2010 because they usually film it a year before it releases Mm -hmm. and at that time josh dallas was married but separated from his then wife and in 2011 when season one airs officially divorces his previous wife but has already started a relationship with jennifer during the separation so whilst they were filming once upon a time and kind of when it first aired is when they announced it but it was kind of seemingly from like behind the scenes sort of situations they were already starting something during filming so snow and david well no mary margaret and david and mm-hmm. Josh and Jen, identical storylines. Yeah. <laughs> Except, obviously, in storybook version, he's still married. So at least in real life, they were separated, and he was. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, wasn't telling her. Oh, sorry, finish. Oh no, no, you carry on. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I was like, wasn't telling his Josh Alice wasn't telling his wife. I'm committing to our relationship. Let's make breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. At least in that case, they were actually separated by this point, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Se- seemingly. I mean, this is just based on what I was able to find on, like, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, and I'm fairly positive they're still together, right? Yeah, yeah they, they are still together. Kids. They have two kids. I'm yeah, so happy. Adorable. This was the episode. I'm so glad that you wrote all that, that you do- deep dove into that, Bram, because this was the episode where I was like, these actors are in, like they're in love i you can feel it coming mm-hmm. off of them when they make out in the forest and she's like screw it like we'll figure it out tomorrow i was like oh you can Ooh. tell you can tell when yeah. the chemistry is too good and yeah. it's getting a little real uh, <laughs> it's so funny that we both felt that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say admittedly the only i only remember finding out about it so i didn't actually know they were dating when i first watched the show and <laughs> again bringing in fan fiction i found out that josh and jen got together during like the start of once upon a time is because in a fanfic i was reading which is like an alternate universe their characters of you know mary margaret and david he was married but separated in that story when he started up with Mary Margaret's character. I was like, I went, why does this feel familiar? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, because it happened. Because it's real. It's real. Art imitates life. Just as it does in Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. bing. <laughs> but they are very adorable. They're both very in life cute. and in the show. But they're better in real life because... Snow and Charming really do my fucking head in. (laughs) (laughs) Not here. At this point, they're kind of cute, but also, like, David, you're a prick. Like, Mm -hmm, come on. 
but at the same time we're kind of like i get it because they're actually meant to be together but still prick yeah. behavior it's um, again the, the, the weird behavior it's it's the weird thing where it's like these characters are together in another world but they're not here and they don't have their memories and it's a weird complicated messy thing and they're technically cheating on a character who hasn't done anything wrong other than being kind of a little snarky here and there but she's also being treated like yeah. an item in the enchanted forest so i mean the snarkiness isn't is is not entitled what's the word um uh, allowed unwarranted. whatever the word. unwarranted there we go yeah which i do find ironic because snow is just as snarky and rude the first time she meets charming and yet with abigail slash catherine that's bad but when it's with snow that's okay because she's not like other girls she's strong yes because <laughs> Abigail, when we meet her, is in the carriage and she's complaining that oh, this is a terrible trip and you should have taken the other road and all this stuff. And she's prissy and she's like uptight and Snow is a rogue and she's fighting she's in and she's a tree. Fight. She yeah, falls she's out she's of a tree. tree. Real she climbs girls trees sleep in and... trees. Yeah. <laughs> and bad mouths Abigail at the same time, which is like, that's a very strong female character of mm. let's bad mouth and bitch about another woman because yeah. that's feminism. Yeah, you hate to see it. Yeah. I would like to take this moment to bring up the fact that almost all of us indicated in the thing we disliked about this episode, the like five second cameo from the mysterious biker writer man. We all were like, I didn't even read the notes as I was like mad typing stuff out. And I was like, ew, the second he came on the screen. And then I saw that Robert and Darian were also like, absolutely not. Not this guy. Loose no. Ben, da- just just to read Darian's, if I oh. may. Please, please go on. <clears throat> Loose bandana, unbuttoned V-neck, leather jacket, single bracelet. Fuck this guy. That sounds like a rupee car poem. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, I did learn that that kind of shirt he's wearing, I believe, is called a Henley. And I learned this on the most recent episode of Seaweed Brain. Carter explains male fashion from the early 2010s. <laughs> I don't even I, I have to go back and find a screen grab of this moment, but it, ba- it very may well be a Henley tee. Is uh, it a long sleeve, collarless, but three buttons? Three buttons. That's a Henley, baby. Mm. Oh, I've got a Henley shirt. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say like different it's... rules, different rules. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fran was like, oh yeah, I am a lesbian. <laughs> well, thank you for reminding me. Oh, goodness. I, I didn't know that's what I they were called. <laughs> yeah. Um But speaking of fashion, Emma's wearing blue. <gasps> yes. She's in the Symbolic. Blue emotions. <laughs> I love this thesis statement. I want to go back to high school and write an English, a five-page English paper about this emotional jacket color thing going on in the show. I think it's so funny. What did we say? We saw it first with Cinderella, and it's like Emma responding deeply from emotion based on like Henry and his birth and stuff like that. And so this whole episode is like Emma responding via intense emotion in regards to Henry because regina tore down his most special place in the world and he's miserable and upset about it so she's like all right sydney you can tell me what she's doing wrong but we're gonna do it the right way and i'm I'm not gonna like break any rules for this like i'm gonna show henry you can like do things correctly and then when he starts to hit like roadblocks he's like by the way here are some pictures she made me take she always knew that place was special to you too and that's why she destroyed it and then emma's like well fuck let's break the rules then and it 
all backfire so hard, and Henry's the one who's hurt by it all. The blue jacket, I've got to say, I do love pretty much every episode that Emma is in her blue jacket has ended up, other than this one, has ended up being like a, like an episode that I have really enjoyed. Because it is like her standout moments. Because she's mm-hmm. more feisty when she's in it because she's she will not take anyone's shit when she is in that blue jacket or in her white tank top. It's either mm-hmm. or of those where she's like, I will fight. I won't win, but I will fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like just like her attitude when she's wearing the blue jacket is the thing that stands out to me. And yes, it is because I'm gay, but her line of, or what, you'll punish me, when (laughs) Regina tells her to, you know, sit back down. Firstly, it did something LGBT to me, but also, (laughs) her response is just, that is Blue Jacket Emma. That is her, I will not take your shit, because I am wearing my blue jacket, and blue jacket means not today, bitch. And I love that for her, because it's her standout moments, and it's amazing. Similarly to that moment, the moment where Emma leans on the desk in <gasps> Regina's office only to mm. hold eye contact and breathe at her for like three whole seconds, and then they leave. And we'd find out that that's the moment that she planted the bug. But mm-hmm. still, you just look at them stare into each other's eyes and you're like, the beginning of a ship. There so it is. many fanfics from that one scene, and I have read most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fran is exploding right now. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that scene was in this one because I've seen so many gifts of it and I could never remember what episode it was from and I saw it and I paused I stood up and I walked away for a second and then came back down and went this is what made <laughs> me gay <laughs> <laughs> and I am so thankful for that day mm. but moving on from the gays um... <laughs> <laughs> now for something heterosexual Oh, why? Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> coming out of the woods. Oh, what? Rumpelstiltskin, Rumpelstiltskin, sorry. I just, I, no, go on. Just go it's on. It's just Rumpel. I don't even, I was like, you should cut this, but I was like, I don't even know what else I have to say about it. He uh, <laughs> does just come out of the woods and is very good. He's just like, I'm selling land. Rumpel's- okay, bye. Yeah, Rumble like emerging from the fog, and you're just like, oh, there he is again. He's in everyone's business. It gets me every time. I love every time I get fooled, and I'm like, oh my god, who's involved in this? And it's Rumple. I'm like, yes, you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed really it, dig- King. Yeah, I really dig that he. It's when he talks because Rumble and Emma have like a brief interaction where he's like, oh, I, you're working with like Sydney now. And he's like, if you want to take. Regina down, you need much better allies. And Emma, like, blows him off, and then into the episode, we find out, like, yeah, Sydney's not our ally. He's been working for Regina to set Emma up this whole time, and I just, like, you can't trust Rumple, but also he is just kind of, like, side-eyeding Emma, like, bitch, do you not see what's what's happening? Are you really <laughs> falling for this? I have to rely on you to break this curse to help me find my son. This is embarrassing for us both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely the subtext when he, like, glances over at her in the courtroom. <laughs> Like, really? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> he has a little smile though, because I think he was enjoying it to an extent. So obviously he doesn't like good people either. So he was like, this is fun, but also mm-hmm. fuck's sake. I knew oh, blondes yeah. were blonde, but come on. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think he is enjoying watching her crash and burn because she picked Sydney over him. Yeah. Yeah. Like big mistake. 
<laughs> Rumble's just a little bit petty. Little tiny oh, bit Oh, just petty. a little? Very fucking petty. <laughs> He's a chip's worth of petty. Anyway, I'm not. Anyway, can't wait for the next episode. Anyway, stop it. <laughs> um. Okay, I am intrigued. I know we kind of haven't technically talked about <laughs> the different points, but what character are we invested for in this episode? I know, like Darren, we technically talked about like the Emma and Blue Jacket situation, but. Mm-hmm. Continue uh, if you have anything. That's it. Emma in the blue jacket. She's got a lot of feelings and she's making some poor decisions because she's operating solely on her emotion and not also relying on her logic. And uh, that's not it, honey. I love you, but no. You walked <laughs> right in her trap and it was super obvious. This one was definitely for me the first one where I think I liked all the actors, but I can't think of a single character that like really stood out to me in this episode everyone I, I i don't know it's just erica what's that look you're looking at me you want to guess you want to guess what my character is for this week oh gee i wonder who yeah no it's rumpelstiltskin still i still care about <laughs> anyone else every time he's on screen i'm just so engaged and i have so many questions i was actually i i was thinking you were gonna say john carlo's character i thought you were gonna say sydney because like you've been talking about him all this episode i think that by the time we get to the twist at the end we discover that he's fairly one-dimensional as like a character mm. but john carlo esposito is incredible mm-hmm. okay that's fair i was there. i'm similar with robert in that I think, like, I technically I put Regina, but because that's me, it's not really a surprise in general. But it's mm-hmm. technically more, less Regina, but actually just more Lana Priya, just in general, because her standout ability to just manipulate so well with her dialogue mm-hmm. and her body language. And... Yes, oh. her playing the ingenue in this episode, stunning. Yes. Stunning. So, so good. And just, like, the way that she holds herself as like as an actress and as a character like as regina is just like you don't know what she's thinking and feeling at every moment you don't know what she's calculating she you don't know what she's intending with each specific word like there is always a double meaning to everything that she's saying and i mm-hmm. love that and i love lana i want to meet her in person and say thank you but Aww. also can she be hera in the percy jackson and the olympians adaptation because she would make a perfect manipulative hero yeah or just any think, yeah, yeah we want to see yeah, her in no it. yeah put her in it yeah yeah i've had no, it as like two different like castings of like her either as sally jackson because her as a mother figure is perfect or her as hera like either or. i see i see hera Bran, yeah Bran. she can't she can't be sally why because of how you re- how how you handled yourself <laughs> talking to the last sally you talked to the last sally jackson <laughs> I could, I could. <laughs> for, for context, please. For context, in uh, an episode of Friends' other podcast, Best Dan Camp, uh, they called. Uh, what's what's the name of the actress again? I, the name slips my mind. Uh, Jalen. Jalen. Yeah, J- they call Jalen, who is the, the the actress who plays Sally Jackson in the, the Lightning Thief musical. Oh, okay. Straight up, just, about the musical. just straight up says to her face. That she thinks Sally Jackson is a MILF. And then accidentally also called her, Jalen, a MILF. So her as her character and her as a person called her a MILF. 
So yeah, especially with how you already love Lana Bria, uh, <laughs> you are not going to handle yourself well. No, I will go feral. <laughs> Whatever role she's in. I will become a hero stan, like, immediately <laughs> if she's got Oh no. And then I'm already kind of like, I'm, I don't hate Hera. Because, like, Hera, like, no, 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 we're not doing this. No, okay, Fran, sorry. this is not the space. We can't do this right now. No, no, no. Erica okay. has tickets to a show tonight. We gotta keep going. We have to stay on target. I mean, I've okay. said everything I want to say, so if you guys want to keep going, that's totally, I think I've hit all my points, so. Um, I've got, I've got, I've got, like, one, uh, I don't know, there was never a time to mention it. I've got one bit about how, like, it really, really sucks that Regina used Henry to hurt Emma, by destroying his most special place so he would have an emotional reaction to get Emma to go work with Sydney when she could have if she because her whole reason is like it was dangerous it was hurt in the storm episode like I don't want my son playing on that thing and I'm gonna build him a new castle for it and if she meant that she could have talked to her son about the playground's not safe so it has to be torn down but we want to build a new one and I would love for you to help me design one for all the kids and that would have been a good like moment of like bonding and him but Regina's not a good parent right now, and so she doesn't view Henry as anything more than an extension of herself and her needs. Yeah. So it's like, well, Henry gets a castle at the end, so it doesn't matter what I have to do to get there and to get rid of Emma. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's definitely an issue. I also think, like, even if the Emma wasn't in the picture, I feel like she would probably still go about it in a similar way because mm-hmm. that's the parenting experience she has of, you know, yes. something is dangerous to them, so... The other option is forced on them with no other discussion. Like the whole like Cora situation. Like for- mm-hmm. Cora forces everything onto her. She has no choice. Something of hers is broken and destroyed, and she's given something new that she doesn't particularly like because it doesn't have that sentimental value or that emotional connection to. And I think she's just using that Cora parenting and doesn't just doesn't realize it because that is all she knows. She has her softer sides, but mm-hmm. it's buried under everything else of this fear of losing. Um, so it's just become more core parenting. And if only Hopper like was all... a better therapist. I was going to say, if only we had a better therapist, because either way, she needs to be in therapy, just mm-hmm. not yeah. with Hopper. She just needs to be able to identify the patterns that she has developed as a result of her trauma response to her difficult upbringing. And then if she could identify those patterns, she'd be able to break them and do better. But she Thera- doesn't want to. Therapy in prison a town. Therapy in prison a town emily therapy in this economy I in mean... this economy what's the better tv show a book a book in prison the town i One believe Westview stole... was mentioned earlier <laughs> yep getting ready for multiverse of madness baby fuck yeah, yeah let's go what's, what's the thing uh you break the rules you become a hero i do right. i become the enemy that doesn't seem fair because they're both shit right it's not though yeah yeah mainly mainly because they're both stupid yeah their ways of doing things so he should be a bad guy as well but you know yeah i mean he is yeah he is in a sense he is no i mean like i'm just i really liked the what if series not what this episode is about back on target (laughs) yeah me too me too Uh, darian but what if we talked about the show this podcast is about? Hey, I tied us back in, I think. What... <laughs> I think we're going to final thoughts anyway, so I think... Yeah, yeah, we should probably get, yeah. get the hell out of here. Final thoughts. Uh, I didn't write final thoughts. Uh, d- d- decent episode. Like, three out of ten. There was no Pongo, but, you know, still a de- decent episode. <laughs> 
Um, me, I kind of, I can't. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was enjoyable. I liked getting a bit more of like Regina's backstory. The only thing I want to add in, which is not really significant to the story, but it's significant in a sense, and also gives me an opportunity to mention flat fiction again, is uh, the reference that you all made, sort of like to you know the writer coming in and kind of being like, "Ugh, why are they here?" Which mainly mm-hmm. fair because in the series, "Ugh, why are they here?" Mm-hmm. But in fan fiction. Let Ooh. me tell you about the writer being the family that Emma had in the real world and that familial connection to make her someone who has a connection to the outside world. They full on have them be like step siblings, they grow up together, all these sort of things, and it's mm. beautiful. Much and better. the show said no, depression for everyone. You know, that's all good, well and good, except no one gets therapy because no one can afford it and it's a grasshopper doing it. And it's a cricket. <laughs> I think he's a cricket. Oh, he's shit, yeah, Because he he's, he's Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> he's actually not even a grasshopper. Then why is he called cricket. Hopper? Because the show's He's actually, actually, he's actually Jasshopper Grasshopper. <laughs> oh, my God. Glasshopper no. Grasshopper. The I think you made the second one worse. The class the bringing, bringing, the smash bringing, the hash bringing, slasher. What? <laughs> Fran watched Spon- Fran watched SpongeBob, but only up to a certain point, like season four. And Those then who get done. it, get it. Those who don't, don't. <laughs> okay, that's right. Okay. I was gonna say we didn't have SpongeBob here in the UK for a long period of time, so that's that makes sense now. Hmm. One of the routes at my climbing gym is curling and called the hash slinging slash slinker. <laughs> it's like a Darian that was adorable. <laughs> I don't know. My Aww. climbing partner was so excited because she vibes with SpongeBob. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. That's a seven, so I'm not going to climb it because it's not even in my warm up route, but good for you. <laughs> Speaking of seven, uh, seven out of 10 episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess we are for me. We're halfway through the season, and this episode does nothing to move my goddamn plot forward, but it's fine. We're halfway. It's Darian's plot, season. and we're all just living in it. <laughs> Welcome to Westview, bitches. Yes. <laughs> uh, the writer uh, also now has the storybook. It goes oh, yeah, after that's... Regina destroys the castle, and we find out at the end of the episode that he took it. Oh yeah, but everyone thinks Regina took it because, yes. of course, everyone thinks Regina took it because it seems like something she would do, but she did not. So she is do. actually. And so she's being accused of something she did not do. Oh and this God, one time, it's actually not Regina. Yeah, one time, this one time. She's like, whoa. Regina. Everyone, including Regina, surprised that it's not Regina this time. <laughs> she's like, I definitely thought I did that. Okay. It feels like something I would do. So I'm surprised I didn't. As always, if you want to support entering Storybrooke, you can do so by heading over to at Instagram at StorybrookePod, which is also the same on Twitter. And of course, let your friends know about entering Storybrooke so we can get more people to tune in because we're going to be doing this for a long while. So be sure to stay tuned. But yeah, that's all for this episode, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you planted a bug, make sure you know who you're bugging.